Hello and welcome again to Animation Aficionados. Uh, tonight we're talking about death in animation, specifically the death of Brian in, in the episode Life of Brian in the latest Family Guy. You, of course, know my co-host, TV's Mr. Neal. Till all are one. Yes, and that's about as much feeling as I have in this, too. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you how this happened. Early this morning, I was getting ready for work when Neil sent me a YouTube link to a segment of a Family Guy episode where Brian Griffin dies. Several thoughts were going through my mind when I saw this. You know, several of them were like, am I supposed to actually feel sad about this? Because one thing Family Guy has never succeeded is doing an episode with a serious air in it. With, with with makes you where they succeed in making me feel an emotion other than disgust or a rare humor, um, <laughs> and when when they do it, it 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 feels very heavy handed, very come onish, and and I just had to spend some time th- this morning, and I actually went to Hulu and watched the whole episode and. I still have that feeling after seeing it. I, I I don't know what to I don't know what to say about it. I other than that it just feels weird watching it. Uh, can you hold on one second, Neil? Sorry okay. about that. All right. My phone's ringing. I'm glad you called, but I'm not home. But I'll be back before too long. You gotta seek your stuff and your number too. Now this is all you've got to do. Wait for the beat. You gotta leave your name. You gotta leave your number. Wait for the beat. Oh yes, the it it's this weird thing where the show has built itself on one feeling for so long that when it tries to switch gears, it's not even just that it built itself on one feeling for so long. It's just that the creators, the animators, the writers, the storyboarders are so used to telling one sort of story that when they do something and then they tell you, oh wait, this is a sad feely moment. It's like doesn't feel genuine, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Neil, I'm stumbling over my words. You, you, you explain what I'm trying to explain. Well, I don't want to say that they've never done it. I mean, there was an episode early on um, where Brian is part of community service for something. I think he got like a DUI or something. He had to aid a an elderly woman who later turned out to be an opera singer, and he fell in love with her. And then she takes like five steps out her front door and gets run over by a car. Ironically enough, the same thing that killed Brian. But what they did at the end of this episode is that the entire third act is he goes and sits with her in the, uh, the hospital. And as she's dying, he like puts a, a virtual reality helmet on her and gives her a pretty good send off. I think it was it was actually like a rare moment where Family Guy was actually touching. And then, of course, there were a couple of jokes thrown in there, but it was actually like it was actually the sort of send off that you would find appropriate for a character whereas brian here it took me a while to really figure out what what the problem with this was why it was bothering me because there are so many other cartoon deaths that, that where someone dies in the middle of of uh of like the first act or something and then it just keeps going but what what irritated me about this is that brian doesn't really get a send-off he he gets hit by a car and then like i don't know 20 30 seconds no it was longer than that like a minute later he's dead and then the the episode just keeps going like a regular Family Guy episode. They get a new dog, and and there's really no 
you know, goodbye to Brian. And I talked to a lot of people, and they, they, a lot of people who saw it thought that it was a, thought that it was a joke, and that they were going to bring Brian back with the time machine, and they didn't realize what had happened until the credits rolled. They're like, oh my god, they just did that. And another part of it is, to me, is just the gratuitous Brian getting hit by a car. And uh, it the, the way that they did it was very, like I said, it was gratuitous. It was very much what you'd expect from the, the later Family Guy crew where they're like, where they're like, we get blank checks from Fox now. We can do whatever the hell we want. And they show quite a bit of graphicness in this when... Yeah. When, as as Neil mentioned in the earlier season Family Guy episode, when the woman was hit by the car, it was more of a sump. Yeah, it really was. But you know what? That didn't even bother me so much. I didn't. I didn't mind that it was graphic. I mean, sometimes you have to accept that life does have like sucker punches like that. It's not pretty. But as far as storytelling goes, it was Brian kind of went out like a B character. I mean, this is how you would treat like a character who. Maybe is on the episode, maybe in the show for like an episode or two, and then the character just dies. And this is just this is like the, the middle of a season, and Brian just kind of goes out like a chump. And I, then there's there's more to it than that, Neil. It's yeah. uh, it's a combination of other things. Number one, when when Stewie says I'm going to rebuild the time machine. In fact, you know the whole beginning of this episode was Stewie destroying the time machine. Was it basically, this was all done as a very forced, ha, 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 look at it now. There is no way in hell Brian is ever coming back. We have destroyed the time machine and made you know that the time, the time machine is destroyed. Yeah. And uh, and <laughs> it's it's actually funny how, like I said, they, they went really hard and, and, you know, Stewie's like, I'm going to rebuild the time machine to bring back Brian. And he couldn't get one part, just one part. He's like, oh, well, that's it. I can't do it. And, and and you're going, but it's just one part. Can't he, like, go somewhere else and, like, have the whole episode about him trying to find this one part? But it's like he, he instantly gives up after his first supplier says, I can't get that part. And right. that felt weird to me. It felt like the writer was saying, you know, here's the door to Brian coming back. We closed the door, locked it, put a fat guy on it, and and like I said, th- this is this is just really lazy kind of writing. This is this is more like this is more like '90s '80s sitcom writing where the fat dog is killed, they get a new dog, and by the end of this episode, they come to terms that with the old dog is dead, and the new dog Vinny is like a Brooklyn Italian dog. Yeah, and he doesn't fit in the show at all. He's like, he's basically Poochie. I, I, I think he has a little bit more character than that, but at the same time, it, uh, it, you're, you're right, you're right. But it's, it, it, he has a little bit more character than that. But he, he's more of a character that doesn't belong in this show. Right. And I, I just, as I said before, there's a definite feel of disingenuousness here that. Uh, well, there is, and I'm going to get to that. But what was what was weird about it is that you just brought up the family pet that gets killed off in a sitcom. Yeah, they did that. But what's weird is that you know Brian is a talking character, so it's like you can't just kill him off the way you know you kill off the the Tanner cat and Alf. You know, 
I mean that that cat was in like was in like what two or three seasons and then they just killed it off and you know you you don't think about it because that's kind of how pets go. It's like you, and Alf Alf ate well that night. No, actually he didn't. But I remember. I, that I know. I know he actually was sad. Yeah, I know. But and, <laughs> but the thing is, they I I read an interview with, with the with the creators and they're like, well, if the kids had we were, we were talking about killing off one of the characters, and if the, one of the kids had died, it would be far more traumatic. We're, we're, we're just killing off the family pet. And I'm like, it's not just the family pet. It's a major character. You, just, and this, you killed him off like a – like a like a you, yeah, you killed him off like the Tanner cat. Yeah. And there, there are other problems here. Uh, it's uh, Actually, the funny thing is uh, I'm, I'm looking at here is uh, – is there actually will be an episode? I'm looking at this. Yeah. There is a future episode where where Peter's mom is gonna die, and 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 let let me let me tell you about next season's episodes. Let me name some names of these episodes. Okay, here it is. Brian's a bad father. Brian the closer. Yeah. That's so, this season, and then there's there's actually. That's season twelve. That's the season that's going on right now. There's also an episode in season thirteen coming up where Brian is in the synopsis, so something's up. And yeah. I think I think what's going to happen is that that whole prologue where they where they uh, there's another timeline time machine. I think that's going to come into play, and I'm going to call it the the car that hit that hit Brian. I I'm going to say that Brian and Stewie are in that car somehow. I I think it's not going to be quite that clever. If I if I got to be honest, and 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 to say that that was clever to begin with is kind of is kind of giving Family Guy some props here. Um, I, I think that they've underestimated the importance of Brian in what they created, and uh, and you know, I think part of this is you know from what I heard, Seth really doesn't have control of this show anymore. Mm. I'm not sure how true this is. I'm not sure if this is absolutely true, but. I've heard that Seth doesn't really have control of the show anymore. And Seth has always said that he identifies most with Brian as his character. Right. So <laughs> I've heard that he's, he's, he's ready for the show to end. So, so the fact that they killed Brian, is yeah. like they're, they're symbolically killing Seth's control of the show. Yeah. Some people are saying that it was, it might be sabotage. You know, the creators like, we want this to end. We're, <laughs> So we're going to kill off Brian to see like what the audience is going to put up with. Because Vinny's not going to be easy to put up with. No. No, he's I, not. I mean, they, they tried this before with New Brian. Remember? New Brian. It was the episode where Peter gets another pet to help him around because Brian's getting old. Mm. And his name is New Brian, and he says, cool whip. Oh, that episode. Yes, that one. Yeah. So what we're seeing here is them rehashing a lot of their uh, old ideas. And the funny thing to me is the idea that they are going to kill Peter's mom. And and they're and they killed Brian. I mean, I mean, it's 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 like, you know, death is the best way to get a cheap thrill. Uh, And I talked to Neil about this, uh, you know, via chat earlier was. The, the Simpsons did lots of touching episodes in like the you know seasons three, four, five, six, and seven and eight, and uh, 
one of my favorite Simpsons episodes, the way it ended, was the episode where, where Homer gets to meet his mom after many years. And uh, his mom leaves him again, and Homer's sitting on, you know, the episode ends with Homer sitting on the hood of his car watching the stars alone. And the way, the whole way that that episode was done, yes, there were lots of gags, there were lots of jokes in the episode, but the way it was done and paced and, and finished was very beautiful and brings you some very good sentimental feelings. And the Simpsons, like 10 years later, did an episode with Homer's mom where Homer's mom is killed. And that episode has a really weird feeling because there's like this plot about using her ashes to stop Mr. Burns's nuclear rocket or something. I don't know. It, it, it went to like fucking left field and any sort of sentimental feeling was gone. Right. Uh, Neil, have you seen that episode? I have not seen it. It's bad. It, it's really badly done. And and this is, you know, when I see the episode Life of Brian, I get that same feeling of, of you know, the gravity of the situation isn't really done right. And, and honestly, Brian sort of goes out like, like a dog, you know, yeah. to be quite frank. It's, you know, he just, you know, it's like, you know, he just says, thank you for having me and then keels over and dies. Right. And, and the episode's called Life of Brian. I, you imagine there would have been like an exploration of what his life was on his life, you know, on his deathbed or something like that. But it's, you know, he dies and... Yeah, as soon as he's gone, it's just... There's really nothing in the episode that really pays any tribute to him. He's just kind of gone. Yes. I mean, there's a couple spots where it's like, oh, I accidentally made a place at the table for Brian again. And, you know, it... This what this episode reminds me of is there was another yet another episode of Family Guy very very early on where uh, they were making they were making fun of uh, the type of shows where uh, where the relative comes over to visit and then dies at the end of the first act and then and then there's like and then the rest of the episode is just them grieving over it and it's like it's like it was like that episode was making fun of the sort of writing that this episode was and what what they did in the in the other episode was there. I think they had like a great aunt that was coming over and instead of, instead of staying with the, with the Griffins for like the first act, she, she shows up to the door and then just immediately dies. And that was the joke. Yes. And, and then they inherit her house. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> you remember that episode better than I did. I just remembered that joke, but yeah, it was like that episode is making fun of this sort of writing. And then they went and did it. Yeah. And, like I said, this is pure 80s, 90s sitcom schlock here where, you know, the, the pet dies and the family deals with it. And the the pet really does just die. Mm-hmm. I, it's and I, I almost want to say it's kind of tasteless the way he dies, but that would give give, you know, we've already talked about that. And that would give them more credit than than I thought than I'd, I'd want to in, in just being tasteless I, I think they just did this because it's the only way they know how to do things now yeah it almost feels like they did it for attention because boy did they get coverage in the morning i mean it was all over the place that's true like i said you know before we started i said that uh if you if you type in family guy into google it'll autofill uh family guy kills off ryan let me try that out i get fa- family guy brian dead okay well well, it's I, I get what you're saying, and, yeah. And 
Oh, God. Jesus. Okay. Uh, I, I just saw something else on Google's front page that I don't want to talk about right now. Um, <laughs> you'll, you'll see it. It's underneath the Omni box. You'll see it. Anyways, um, it's this is just such lacking in gravity and taste and, and like, umph. It, it's, it really is, hey, let's see how far we can go with this. And they don't even go far with it anyways. It's You know what? It's it's the diametric opposite of, of Jurassic Bark. Absolutely is. And Jurassic Bark is the episode of Futurama that you should not see if you just lost a pet. Absolutely. Which happened to me. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I lost a cat like uh, six or seven years ago, and it just had to be that night that that episode aired i was like oh no god damn it and the the difference is jurassic park was told with a lot of feeling and emotion and it 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 meant something to the people who wrote it and it meant something to the people who created and matt groening again always said that he was robbed when when they gave a much inferior simpsons episode the the props that year versus Jurassic Bark because the Simpsons episode was about lesbians and apparently that has more to do with awards than feeling and emotion and good writing and I, I look at this and and I see this is just a cookie cutter episode and and I couldn't help but you know I, I jokingly said to, to to Neil, you know, the, the, this this feels like a this feels like a web comic miscarriage to me. Yeah, it was very uh, uh, Buckley esque. Buck, yeah, I was searching for that name. Yeah, um, yeah, it just kind of, I'd say that it it took like a sharp right turn from what what is the norm on Family Guy, but this almost seems like par for the course for Family Guy now, which is the we don't know how to tackle tough issues, so we're just gonna make jokes even if it doesn't seem quite right to do so and the thing is if it would be different if let's say brian was based off an actual dog that seth had and you know even then it would be tasteless if the if brian if the dog that brian's based off of died but there is no dog that brian was based off of and there are better ways to, to tribute your pet that just died than do this sort of thing i mean the best way i can say is uh, neil you, you read the uh, calvin hobbs do you not i read it yeah there was a very famous strip that you you would never know that this was a strip that uh, bill watterson did when his pet cat that was the basis of hobbs died and um and the thing is you would never never know it just reading it but i just told you it and when you read it you'll you'll feel it and I think you know this strip. Is it the raccoon one? No. Okay. Yes. Oh, yeah. Do you feel it? Yeah. And right here. <laughs> I mean, But that's that's how you can tell a great storyteller because you, you read this and this is a cute Calvin Hobbes strip without knowing that. But now that you know that, it's it, it just hits you with more motion than ever did you ever read uh for better or for worse kind of no. uh, it's kind of i don't really like that strip but 
there was there was one story arc where uh, the youngest daughter falls into a river and uh, gets carried away in the stream, and the dog the dog Farley is running along the stream and jumps in after her and saves her, and then the family's like, oh my god, are you all right? All right. And in the for while they're while they're tending to the daughter in the foreground, you see the daughter you see the dog kind of slump over and and die, and it even even that was much much more touching than what Family Guy did. It was like, you know, the, the dog was gonna because everyone in the in the cartoon ages, so the, obviously the dog was uh, on borrowed time anyway. They had to find it some way to exit the dog, so they gave the dog a, a kind of heroic send out. Whereas you know, like I said earlier. I know, I know it's kind of a realistic thing. Dogs do get run over by cars all the time, but, you know, Brian just kind of goes out like a chump. Yeah. And and Farley's death is actually, I'm looking it up, is a big deal to people who read this, that, oh, yeah. this strip. I mean, that, was, that was a big event. And, and there's actually a whole tribute book called Remembering Farley. So it was a, it was a character that they knew they had to kill off, but... I say they, it was just one person. It's Lynn Johnston. But she knew she had to kill the character off, but she did it in a way that was uh, good for the character. Yeah. Where the character did something grand. Yeah. And, wow. Oh, and I, was, I, was, I showed you the poll that I did on, uh, on DeviantArt just as a joke. Yes. Where I, I listed a bunch of uh, cartoon deaths, and then way at the bottom it's like Brian Griffin. It's like, yeah. which cartoon death resonates with you most? And Roy Fokker got a vote. Bambi's mom got a vote. Optimus Prime is tied with Ellie from Pixar's Up. But number one with four votes right now is Seymour, the dog from Futurama. Naturally. Yeah. Naturally. I can't see it any other way. Yeah, because that was... I couldn't believe how well that was done. That was a really good episode. That was one of the best. And then, unfortunately, didn't they bring that dog back to life anyway? No, they didn't. Oh, okay, good. What they did was in Bender's Big Score, they revealed that the dog didn't die lonely. That Fry came back as a time duplicate and spent more years with Seymour, so Seymour didn't die lonely. Ah, okay, well, that's good. And then they killed off Seymour in Bender's Big Score. Ah, oh, that's right. So, so it's a combination of different things, and uh, and another example of a weird death is Maud Flanders' death. Yeah, that's the one that I think is the closest in an analogy to this because she kind of goes out like a child. But again, you know, she's a B character, and, you know. And they actually did a eulogy where they pretty much stated she's a B character. Yeah. I mean, Reverend Lovejoy's eulogy is pretty much stabbing the fact that we just killed a B character. Yeah. And. <laughs> yeah, it was like, it was weirdly, this episode of Family Guy was weirdly structured like that. But it's like they didn't but, realize that, that was a bad idea to do it with Brian. I don't think they ever really understood why this is a bad idea. Oh, God. I mean, if they did, they they would have done it anyways. But but then again, I like I said earlier, I think something's up. I mean, there there seems to be this is not the last time we're going to see Brian. I'll say that he's going to come back as a ghost or something. Well, pretty much since his name and his and his exploits are in future synopsises, at least three episodes coming up. Yes, I mean, what does that tell you? Yeah, something's up. I mean, there was another Family Guy uh, story arc. They're, they did a direct-to-video story called uh, it was Stewie's Big 
Stewie's Stewie, big story or something like that. Stewie Griffin, the untold story. Yeah, and at the very beginning of that, he has a he has a life-altering experience and uh, something, something. He decides to be a good person. Then he uses uh, the time machine. Was it the same no, time machine? I don't no, know. But it he goes no, it wasn't. He goes into the future, and he meets his he meet. Well, it's a long story, but he meets his future self. But it technically was in the present one. I don't know. But he comes. Well, what back. happened? What happened was his future self took a time travel as a vacation. Yeah, that's it. And then he comes back to the present as we'll we'll just call him now future Stewie. And he meet and he meets present day Stewie. And he he I forget if he saves if he saves present day Stewie from the event or whatever. But what happens is present day Stewie kills future Stewie. And then the whole point is that nothing in that movie ever happened. Yes. And I can see this instantly coming another moment like that where, yeah, because because the thing is the way that you know Stewie gave up of oh I can't get this one part yeah oh well Brian's dead it seems to be foreshadowing something I I can't I can't see that they're gonna stick with this with this Vinny character it's like you're not that stupid come on I don't know. It's and the fact that they they let the production names and stuff be forecast before they even are remotely making these episodes. Yeah, I think I think the network did that, or someone or the network made them do that. You know, just just to give a hint to the fans that no, this is not permanent. Because I think that was strategic on their part, because that that episode that's in season thirteen that was announced way in advance and it was like uh you know brian's gonna fall in love with such and such and it's gonna be a guest character and obviously this this episode is not aired yet yes <laughs> so what the hell but if they bring him back then that also kind of cheapens the episode because now it's like oh well shit happens and you never see what you never see when it's coming and that's that's actually a very realistic uh type of uh you know message to give out it's not it's not completely terrible that you would have that sort of message, but if they bring them back, then it just kind of like throws away that whole message. And then it's like, okay, what was that even all about? It was, oh, I see. It was a ratings grab. Uh, thanks, Family Guy. It's time for intermission, boys and girls. It's action. It's drama. It's humor and mayhem. Just see in the superhero webcomic. Read it online to get your dose of super-powered antics and sexy girls. Be careful, Michelle. It's a trap. Don't worry, Parker. Superheroes never say die. This is the end, Decian. Good. I was getting tired of your crap. Read Decian, the superhero webcomic, every week at Decian.com and NoSuperPants.com. And now, back to the show. Well, well let, me, let me tell you a story that I, I recently learned when I was watching uh, some videos on YouTube. Uh, uh the Super Sentai series Zeo Ranger, which was the basis of the American Mighty Morphin, uh, actually did a story arc where where Green uh, was going to die because his his life force was limited. And the thing is, they actually let the children in Japan vote on whether Green would live or die. Overwhelmingly, they voted that he would live, and the producers said, "Okay, but he's going to die anyways because we're going to teach children that." What you want's not always going to happen. <laughs> and see, see, that actually had a little bit more, you know, gravity to the situation. <laughs> Dirty trick. 
you gotta admit that, 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 that there's some balls there, Neil. Yeah, there's some balls. <laughs> but I mean, what I was kind of thinking about was like the death of Optimus Prime, and you, you had to know we were going to bring this up. But yes, yeah, Optimus Prime goes out like a champ for the most part. Well, it was kind of Hot Rod's fault, but that's that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of something that was built into the into the plot because now you have you know Hot Rod taking over his leader and. You know, he's, he has to fill in the shoes of Optimus Prime, and he's also kind of responsible for Prime's death. And that's something that kind of, like, hangs over him throughout the entire season. And I don't really like how they how they dealt with Optimus Prime, but, they, you know, it was kind of a cool concept, a, a cool thing to have for a, for a TV show aimed at that audience, to have that sort of uh, weight on a character. And then they just undid it <laughs> in a two-parter. It was like, okay, we're going to totally kill this 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 conflict that this character is having by bringing back the guy that he killed inadvertently. And on top of that, we're going to have we're going to have Optimus Prime beat him up and take away the Matrix truck, not dumpster. Yeah, it's. I mean, it. That's that's like the problem with like reversing death is that you you kill, you know, whatever tension you know you get from. Uh, from the character dying in the first place. And, well, then again, you know, Family Guy isn't really the show that would deal with that, because Family Guy is very ADHD. It kind of, it kind of like, jumps from, like, one plot to the next, to the next, to the next. It's like, a, a typical Family Guy episode, there's, like, oh, there's, like, a storyline in the first act, and then it kind of goes into another storyline, and then the first storyline is just forgotten about. And yes. that's, that's just kind of how Family Guy is. So, they, it's, you know, this, this death is just kind of, gonna get kind of brushed under well it already was in this episode <laughs> but yeah it'll just kind of be forgotten and like i don't know it family guy has such a weird theory on writing that like i don't it's a theory conjecture maybe I don't know. <laughs> where it's like this this is a good idea and i guess the show is successful but, but at what cost neil what cost yeah i was just yeah i just spent like part of the day i'm like okay why did this? Why did this just ring so phony for me? It, this this episode's a big fat phony. <laughs> I was like, why is this so phony to me? And yeah, the the uh, the answer I came up with is that Brian went out like a B character. He went out like Maude Flanders, and Where's to the, the point where like they're like, oh my god, what happened? And then like right before they cut to commercial, the squirrel just kind of runs onto screen, kicks Brian, and says, that guy sucked. And it was like, okay, wow. And then, no, there was the, was the, the, then there was the chicken at the vet. I mean, there's, they, there was that joke like right in the middle of this. It's like, why? It's like, it's like we, the writers of Family Guy, are not taking this seriously, but we expect you to accept that Brian's going to be dead forever and ever. Even though the leaked production yeah. notes say, I wouldn't next... even call that leaked. I would be, I would call that deliberate planting. Ah. Yeah, I I think I think the network has something to do with that. It's like, okay, we're going to put this out here as a hint to the fans that mm. Ryan's coming back. And even in the interviews, the the, pro, the producers of the show are kind of dodging certain points. They're they're like they're not they're not really. If you read some of the interviews about the about last night's episode, it's like they're not really talking about Brian in the past tense, and they're they're. The way they're the way they're talking about it, it does not sound final. It's like, it's like, just stick with us. We're we're going somewhere with this, and I'm like, okay, 
this doesn't sound like you're killing off Brian forever. It sounds like, like you still like Brian and Brian's still going to be a figure in the show and something's going to happen here. Yeah. So it's, it's very weirdly dodgy the way they're talking about it. Absolutely. And I just see, I just see lots of issues and I, and, and like I said, it's when you have that sort of problem where you don't know how to shift your tone. Yeah. I mean, the Simpsons did it, and they they did it where they shifted from from having Waterloo by Abba blaring to a touching moment where Homer is saying goodbye to his mother. Yeah. <laughs> which is which is hilarious to me, and in Futurama did it with you know switching from from Fry doing like what was it like boogieing for as protest right to to showing seymour's final days in such a sad light that makes you just oh yeah whatever the fuck that song was that they played over the credits god damn them for picking that song it's like i don't even remember what it was but it was just like a punch to the gut every every second it was on the screen and the thing is, that was a, that was actually a call out to Argos, mm. uh, Odysseus's dog. Ah, I see. And the story of Argos is Argos uh, waited for Odysseus while Odysseus is out on the Odyssey, and when Odysseus finally returns, the dog recognizes him, sits up just once, wags his tail, and then dies. <sighs> yeah. Yes. And part of that is that you know dogs are so goddamn loyal. I've I've heard stories of like uh, people who die before their dog does, and then the dog basically, you know, visits the grave every day and just lays there. Like, yeah. And you just you can't stand to look at it because it's like goddamn this dog is so goddamn loyal. I'm gonna cry looking at it. Yeah. But Family Guy, there was no emotion from it. Like even when even when the doctor comes out and says, uh, you know, I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do. You better like say something to him now because it's your last chance. And then it pans over the whole fa- family. And like I said this before, the Family Guy style does not do emotion. And I'm sending you a file right now so you can look at this. It's like, what what emotion are these faces conveying? I don't know. I mean, I've heard lots of loyalties of uh, of loyal dogs. I mean, one of the most loyal dog species, species in the world is the uh, Jindo dog from Korea. Mm-hmm. I've heard lots of these stories in my youth. Like, uh, there's one dog who uh, who was raised by an 83 year old woman and was sold to a new owner 180 miles away. Mm-hmm. The dog escaped her new home and seven months found her way back to her original owner. Yeah. And you know the the Jindo dog is is uh, species is raised to be extremely loyal. I mean, I mean, there there are other there are other dogs like uh, a, you know dogs do mourn their owner's death. Mm-hmm. You know that they they would not interact with anyone after they died. They would just shut down. And mm-hmm. part of this is why you know the Jindo is not considered a good military dog. Because it can't transfer owners well, right? Because of its loyalty, and uh, and it's just really sad seeing that. And I see I see these expressions, and these really, you know, it's like 
it has that it has that like bottom eyelid that only comes up when it's a sad scene, and it's just so phony. It's like as someone as someone who actually cares about facial design. God, I sound so pretentious saying that, but as somebody who actually cares about facial design and art, it just infuriates me that this is what Family Guy thinks is an expression. I, I just don't feel the gravity of the situation no. when I saw this and I and I heard this and I watched this. I it and. Like I said, the the whole the whole the biggest thing to me is Stewie is upset that his best friend is dead, mm-hmm. but he gives up at the first obstacle in b- rebuilding the time machine. Literally, yeah. the first obstacle is he can't get the part from one guy, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Oh, I give up." It did that not feel fake to you? It did, but again, that's part of Family Guy's ADHD. It's like. It's like, oh, here's a storyline, and oh, we got to move on to the next thing, which is getting the new dog, and you know, therefore, we have to immediately forget about what the last scene was. Yeah. yeah. You you were talking about like loyal dogs just a minute ago. You know, even like rescue dogs. I mean, rescue dogs are just they get depressed. You know, you know, finding all these like injured and dead bodies whenever like there's a whenever there's a fire or a collapsed building or something to the point where firefighters have to like stage phony rescues so that they actually end the day on a high note so the dog isn't like depressed for the rest of the day and it's more than just dogs cats as well i've, yeah. I've, I've read several accounts of cats that you know the apartment is on fire mm-hmm. the, the cat has his or her, her own way to escape mm-hmm. and the cat will not leave until it gets its owner to wake up yeah so i, th- I think part of this is is the loss of the idea that the uh, that a dog is it can be so damn loyal, and, and part of it is because maybe Brian isn't so damn loyal to begin with, you know. <laughs> I, I mean, as as several people in the show pointed out, Brian's actually kind of a shitty best friend to Peter. Yeah, yes. That one Quagmire episode, and, and they they called back to that during the funeral. This is probably the worst pain I've ever had to go through, and I've sprained my ankle twice. Um. The truth is, Brian wasn't just my dog. He was my best friend in the whole world. He was smart, he was loyal, and I guess what I'm trying to say is, he was like a brother to me, and I'm gonna spend the rest of my life missing him. (laughs) We're all gonna miss him, Peter. We're all gonna miss him very much. Damn it, Ortiz! Stop swinging at junk. They're at the funeral, and Quagmire is watching a, a ball game on, on his phone. It didn't sound like Quagmire. I know it was, it was Seth's voice, but he didn't do Quagmire's voice. It was so weird. I don't think he really cares anymore. Yeah, that sounded like an "I don't care" voice. It's like <laughs> I should drop the audio here just to. Your, I mean, if you just hear the audio, you would be like, "Is that Brian? No, it's not Peter. It's not." can't be quagmire because it doesn't sound like him i think that's the really big thing that this is like symbolically killing seth's influence on this show <laughs> and it's not even the show's going off the rails beyond control because it's not right it's going into this weird direction where much like how uh ren and stimpy when they oust john uh, k they actually got worse. Yeah, but that was a slower evolution because at least they were still using his stories. Like there was a bunch of there was 
a ton of unfinished Ren and Stimpy uh, episodes that they gradually, well, they kind of burned through it in like most of season three and part of season four, but at least they still had that. And, you know, Bob Camp still sort of cared about the show. I mean, he produced some good episodes. It was a very slow decline, but yeah, this is just like, this seems like, it seems like they just don't care. Yeah. And even what's his name? I mean, who 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 does the sound the music on Family Guy again? Oh boy, it's uh, I mean he used music, to do it for Star Trek. Yeah, he, the music uh, at the vet. I mean, there was when they found out that Brian was going to die, the music kind of swells, and I'm like, oh god, this guy's really trying, and it's just I'm just getting nothing. I mean, he's trying to carry the scene, and he just can't do it. It was Ron Jones. Yeah, Ron Jones. Poor Ron Jones. He had he had to work with this. It's, I I actually don't think he does much anymore there because the music just sounds, you know, ironically very elevator music now on Family Guy. Yeah, but that's what they tell him to do. It's like, it's like I know. Okay, I want this to sound like a straight family sitcom. We don't want it to sound all goofy. I I know, but the funny thing is he left Star Trek: The Next Generation because they told him his music was too good, and now he's on Family Guy where his music's too boring. I mean, he used to be a good composer. <sighs> I was also trying to think back to like other like sitcoms and shows similar to this where characters have died, and it's like every example I could come up with was better than this it, by by leaps and bounds. Like like I brought up the Tanner Cat. I mean, that was even better than this. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the first one that came to mind was uh, Edith's Bunker. Yeah. Oh, uh, she wasn't even in the episode, and. The episode starts where she's already dead, and it's Archie waking up in bed, and obviously something's wrong because Edith's not there. It, it, the the whole episode is it's not as it's not as uh, heart wrenching as Jurassic Park, but it's pretty close. And it, it 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 reaches its climax at the end where he he finally breaks down and cries over Edith's death, and it's like one of the for a show you know Archie's place, which wasn't all that popular begin with that episode is just infamous for being like a punch to the gut and then the other another one i was thinking of was like uh sesame street sesame oh yeah mr hooper i wasn't even thinking about that but yeah mr hooper they did a pretty good job of sending him off i mean obviously he died you know in the middle of a season and they they kind of worked around it and then the next season they they tied it off and you know said you know he's not coming back and explained death to big bird and that was a that was also really touching, but God, what what was the guy's name in uh, in Mash? Who, you know, he's uh, on, he's going home, and then you know, Radar comes in at the last minute. He's like, yeah, it's it was, it was Colonel. I, I don't remember. Jeez. Yeah. It it but that that example. <sighs> I don't. Know. Mash is another show where it's kind of schizophrenic. It's like, are we a comedy or are we a drama? Why are we trying to do both? I mean, it's not it's not even to say that comedies can't be dramas but it's like it's like it's like so extreme ends of the spectrum it, it's the source material fighting against alan alda yeah because the original book written by richard hooker is uh not i mean in richard hooker himself not even remotely liberal i mean mm-hmm. the, the character the character uh you know uh, Benjamin Franklin Pierce, Hawkeye Pierce, is based off of Hooker himself, mm. and and 
And you can imagine he's quite upset about the fact that a character based off of himself is portrayed as as this bleeding heart. I mean, the whole idea of Mash is it's a bunch of it's a bunch of do- doctors that don't want to be there, right. figuring out a way to have fun just to keep sane. It's not about agendas or right. shit like that. It's and, and that's really the problem I have whenever someone talks about Mash because because it, it, it's putting Vietnam shit in the Korean War. And and excuse me for saying this, but you know, fuck you guys and your agenda because if it wasn't for the Korean War, I wouldn't be here. Literally, me would not be here. Yeah. So, 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 how dare you trivialize something that kept my people free? So anyway, (laughs) what's true? I know. Trying to think some other shows where someone had to die, and um, I don't know how they how they handled uh, uh, eight ways to date my teenage daughter, or whatever the hell that show was with uh, John Ritter. John Ritter, yeah. I never watched it. I never watched it either. Although I did like John Ritter, he was funny. I I, I love John Ritter, but I didn't watch that show. Yeah, and Family Guy was gonna do a joke about that. They they said something like, uh, like you know that show was a lot funnier before they killed off John Ritter, and apparently that went that went over like a lead balloon in, in the writers' room, and they were like, well, we can't do that joke. Yeah, that's 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 pretty dark. <laughs> that's almost as bad as the joke that I had. Whereas if I had a time machine, I'd go back to I'd go back to 9-11, and then it's just smash cut to me in the hotel room being like, Seth, Seth, you're going to miss your plane. <laughs> <laughs> and we actually cut that from a from an episode that we did. Right? <laughs> but I think I'm going to leave it in this time. <laughs> it's, no more, it's no less bad taste than what he did in this episode. <laughs> it's... I really have issues with this whole thing. The execution, the mood, the the writing. Nothing of it feels true to who they made how they made these characters before. It felt like it, the family by, family guy characters in an eighties, nineties sitcom about the pet family pet dying. Mm-hmm. And it's never gonna get better. It the, the show's getting worse now. And like I like I said, we know this isn't permanent. Yeah. So this is this is purely a ratings grab. This is purely a a uh, a a webcomic miscarriage here. God. I mean, <laughs> it's it's this kind of shit that that makes that makes the good writers and the inferior writers very obvious to me. How do you handle death? How it's... do you handle dying? How do you handle loss and separation? Not even just death, just loss and separation. Because as I mentioned before, the earlier Simpsons episode where Homer says good- goodbye to his mother mm-hmm. versus the one where she actually dies. Different writing team, different moods, different gravity in the situations. Right. And and that's really where you weed out the good writers and the bad. And And obviously, this is just, this is insanely bad. This is insanely bad and insanely in bad taste. And, and it'll get brushed under the carpet at some point. Very soon, I think. Because the thing is this. They're not going to go a whole season with... What's his name? Lenny. I forgot his name already. Vinny. Yeah. Vinny. They, they're not going to go a whole season with half... Or even a half season with Vinny. Yeah. And that actor. I mean, how much are they paying that actor? It's like... Is he... Is he like 
of I think they just picked. I think they. I think they just picked up a guy in Jersey and said, "Here, talk." No, it was like some guy from The Sopranos, and I'm like, "Okay, so this is a guest." So they. So they picked up some guy from Jersey, (laughs) and told him to to talk into the can. And you say some guy from Sopranos. I hear. I see. Here, some guy from Jersey. You know, my sister and I used to have a joke where we (laughs) we would say nothing good ever came from Jersey, and like people would just sit there and be like. Well, what about Bruce Springsteen? And they were like, again, what I said, nothing good came from Jersey. <laughs> and unfortunately, that ru- that joke got ruined by Kevin Smith. It's like, oh, God damn, Clerks was good. <laughs> <laughs> well, t- to me, like I said, it's it, it's it really sounds like they just grabbed some guy from Jersey and said, here, speak into the can. Speak into the can. <laughs> you, you say it's some guy from The Sopranos, but that's the same thing, Neil. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... You know, The Sopranos, guest starring, half of New Jersey. I almost considered living in Jersey once. What stopped you? My dad, because what happened was the uh, the Kubert School for comic book uh, artists is there. I'm like, oh, I want to always want to I, I want to go there. I want, want to learn from the Kubert School. And my dad says, Ben, you don't want to live in Jersey. I said, why? He said, it's like a it's like half of it's a toxic waste dump. There was a really good up. There was a really good joke in the first episode of Futurama where, where Fry finds this perfect apartment. He's like, "Wow, this is a great deal. What's up? What's what's wrong with this?" And the guy's like, "Oh, nothing. Not a thing, except that it's technically in New Jersey." Smash cut to another scene. He's like, "Man, I can't find one place even worth living in." Yes, I love that scene. So, like I said, it's. <laughs> I just can't find anything redeeming about this episode of Family Guy or any recent episode of Family Guy. I mean, by th- by the time they want to do another road to Brian's not only going to be alive again, but but Vinny will be long forgotten. In Unless it's Road to Heaven, Highway to Heaven, yeah. Highway to Hell, Stairway to Heaven. No, no, no. See, they might actually because the, the whole we love '80s stick that nobody remembers anymore. They might yeah. do it as Highway to Heaven. Oh, that's right. <laughs> right, right. I'm calling it. Okay. Predictions, Neil. I could see it. Give, give you you give good odds that that's what they're gonna do. I'll give it fifty-fifty. Okay. Well, that's better odds than Vegas. <laughs> I I mean. I mean we're gonna we're gonna get some angry emails from people in New Jersey. Just if you see any me- email that has that has ballin in the uh, in the subject line, just delete it. <laughs> but I actually do love New Jersey. I mean, there was some things. Kevin Smith came from New Jersey, I guess. Um, uh, he he came from A Street. Yeah. He's the, he's not street, but he came from A Street. Um, uh, what else came from New Jersey? Um, um uh, Bon Jovi. No, goddamn it. Um, Megas XLR takes place in Jersey. Yeah, the okay. Statue of Liberty is technically in New Jersey. Uh, you know, I I think Ellis Island is pretty much its own thing. You know. Yeah. Um. Uh, sh- oh, I got nothing. But I almost lived there. I almost went to the Kubert School. Kubert School's in New Jersey. That's true. That's something big. Um, the point. The point is back to this is 
again, character death in animation, there is definitely a right way and a wrong way of doing it, and this is really the wrong, wrong way. Yeah, it was wrong the way they did it, and it's almost wrong to bring them back. I mean, like I said, with the with you know the resurrection of Optimus Prime, it's like, okay, you, whatever good you could draw for it, you just killed that too. I mean, why make death if you can just undo it? Yeah, Marvel. <laughs> yeah. Although DC is guilty of that too, the revolving door of death. Oh yeah. But let's wrap this uh, miniature episode up. That's not so miniature now. Um, <laughs> yeah, the uh, life of Brian, which has nothing to do with celebrating Brian's life or the history. Nothing to do, of, with, nothing to do with Monty Python. Again, you know, pointless reference. Um, <laughs> just just imagine a face popping up. In the <laughs> Anyways, um, this really was in bad taste. I saw it. I don't like it, and there are so many other better things to be watching and going to do in, in this weekend and next weekend, and you know, like the Doctor Who 50th anniversary, for instance. Um, this year, Ben. We have TVs, Mr. Neil. And we're saying goodnight. Bye. How is Brian? Is he going to be okay? I'm so sorry, Mrs. Griffin, but Brian's injuries are just too severe for us to save him. Damn it, Brian, you can't die. We were going to do so many things together. We were going to become windsurfers. I was going to be a little better than you, but we were both going to be good. I can't believe it. You really... You guys, I think, I think Brian's trying to say something. You know, one day before the uh, the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who, it was also the anniversary of the JFK uh, assassination. Uh, of, no, uh, well that and and it was the uh, the anniversary of the uh, the Max Headroom thing. <laughs> the 
The station, <laughs> the, the station hijack. Oh my god! And the JFK assassination. Yeah. Now, see, that was another death I had a problem with on television. Yeah. I mean, it, there was no build up. It was just all of a sudden drama, drama, drama. Uh-huh. I mean, what? Oh, but don't keep that in the episode, deal. Oh. I swear to God. <laughs> uh. <sighs> That's almost better than my uh, than my nine eleven joke, Seth MacFarlane. Okay, you can keep it in. Okay. Yeah. Oh, did you see that Oliver Stone had uh, posted some passive aggressive uh, post on I don't know some bullshit website where he's like, the the deniers of the conspiracy are in denial themselves. I'm like, fuck you. Fuck you, Oliver Stone. Actually, the funny thing is they proved that the whole magic bullet theory goes out the window once you realize that, you know, the two of them, are, the, the president and the, and the governor, are sitting on, like, bucket seats, not regular seats. Yeah. Yeah, and it, he's still harping on that. I'm like, this has already been addressed. All of this. And it's like all of a sudden, you know, those two to three inches, all of a sudden, when, when those are reduced, it's like all of a sudden the bullet lines up perfectly. Yeah, and he's he's repeating all the shit from his movie. I'm like, you believe your own shit. Back and to the left. Back to the left. Back and to the left. Back and to the left. Yeah, and uh, I mean, Penn and Teller actually did a demonstration. They've actually done this demonstration more than a few times, where they they demonstrate that if you you could actually shoot a skull in the back of the head, and the skull will still ricochet backwards. Well, not really ricochet. It's more like when the when the bullet exits the skull from the other side, it like kind of it kind of makes this jet-like effect and it kind of knocks the head backwards and well it's, they, it's not it's not even that it, it's it's the thing is it's the idea that a bullet can physically throw someone down or throw something backwards and the bullet yeah. doesn't have that kind of force especially a rifle bullet is designed yeah. to go through and through right the, the thing is when the president's brain was hit he wasn't there no more and his body went limp yeah and the mo- momentum of the car made his head pop back yeah but they demonstrated that even with a with a non-moving target, it's still it's it will still fall toward the gun and not away from the gun. Right. And they they actually demonstrated this for like uh, for David Letterman and Letterman was like, does does Oliver Stone know about this? And Penn's like, it doesn't matter because obviously he doesn't care. Like, but like I, like I said, the way I see it is a, a rifle round is designed to go through and through. It's not designed to make an exit hole. It's not designed to be a body stop. Right. It's designed to go through and through. Right. It's it's Oliver Stone believing his own movie bullshit, which is like, yeah. if you get hit by a gun, you get knocked backwards, whereas if you get hit by a gun, you fall down. Right. And like I said, what happened was the president's brain was hit. He wasn't there no more. His yeah. body went limp like a rag doll. Right. And that that's all there is to it. Right. I mean, there's there's no other nice way of saying it. It's, yeah. it's it's true, you know. Once his brain was hit, he wasn't there no more. Right. It was just it's just Oliver Stone like just throwing a temper tantrum. It's like it's the anniversary. I gotta say something. Really wish you hadn't. Thanks. Back and to the left. Back and to the left. Go back to doing whatever bullshit you're doing now, Oliver. <sighs> yes. Oh yes. All right, well, I'm going to head to bed. All right. All right. This should not require too much post, I don't think. What do you think? I don't think so. I think I'll put this up this week instead of what we recorded over the last weekend. And then I'll just put that other episode up uh, the following week. Sounds good. Good night. Good night.